0: We're taking you from sideline to sideline and everything in between. It's your one stop shop for all things football. Join me, Aaron Mukes, every other Friday for fresh takes, breaking news, and more. College or NFL, whatever your flavor, we got you covered. This is Sideline to Sideline, the podcast.
1: All the spotted. The kick is away. And the kick is. It's going on! Don't jump it! In trouble. There comes the rush, and here's the
0: hit. Oh! Second down attempt. ten. Oh, what a hit. You can't do that. The quarterback, you can't fight. The 40. The guy is drunk. But there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his
1: arms. beard tested. Somebody stop that man. Jump
0: Ladies and gentlemen, now your host, Mr. Aaron Mutes, and his co-host, Akeem. This is your one-stop shop for all college and NFL football. Here
1: is Sideline to Sideline.
0: Welcome back, everybody. What's going on? It's your boy, Aaron Mukes, Sideline to Sideline, the podcast, episode number eight. Man, I told you guys we got this fantasy football episode right here. Straight fire. Welcome in, my co-host, David Gonzalez. What's up, brother?
1: How you doing, everybody? We're out here ready to spit fire that fantasy juice. And uh, I hope you guys are tuning in to Sideline to Sideline because uh, this brother Aaron Mukes has got a lot to say. And uh, I think if you're looking to win some of these fantasy drafts, because you know it is that season, it's that season. It's, you know, mid, late August, September's coming up. Football is on everyone's minds. You know, you're getting those chain texts, hey, hop in the league, PPR, .5 PPR standard super flex dynasty keeper we talking it all baby so um, it's it's funny you
0: mentioned that man it's funny you mentioned that i got about i got about six texts in the past two days talking about hey join my league i got an extra spot ppr whatever it is so let me just let me just start off by saying this david hey this man right here is we're gonna call he's the sack fantasy expert let me tell y'all something um everybody needs to go out right now hop on twitter Follow him. It's uh at at F- SAC Fantasy Experts, right? Is that the is that the handle?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The one and only.
0: Hey, follow. in right Sacramento. Sacramento. He puts out a lot of good content, keeping you up to date with injuries, um, you know, any kind of moves made by these teams. But follow him. If you're trying to win your league, man, I'm telling you, this is the dude that, that can get, get the job done. Look at the title belt around his shoulder, man. He already he's already repping titles. So let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about your resume, man, before we get into the talk. Um, so sure. 2019, let's talk about 2019. How many leagues were you in in 2019?
1: Man, 2019 was one of those years where um, I really expanded my fantasy football game. Uh, I was in multiple, I think I was in about five, five dynasty leagues total. Uh, I think two or three keeper leagues and the rest were redraft, and those ra- those redraft leagues range from, uh, again, uh, .5 PPR, which is like a standard for DraftKings and FanDuel for all the betters out there, um, PPR, which is a lot of the preference right now in the whole fantasy football community, um, I, I was in tight end premium leagues, uh, point per carry leagues, point per reception, which is PPR, um, so Keeper leagues are fun. Dynasty, you know, I can get into it all, and uh, I think that a lot of the dialogue will will definitely identify what we're talking about. But um, a lot of the time, unless stated otherwise, we're usually talking about uh, 0.5 PPR or PPR. So,
0: yeah, man, it, it's funny. We uh, we've been in a number of leagues together, and I believe last year we were in I don't know five, six, something like that. Some something like five or six leagues together. A couple of them we actually uh, shared a team and came home. Yeah of championships um you know cash in a couple so i mean we got a lot of experience here obviously david's bringing a lot of um a lot of experience and a lot of acumen to the to the table so we're, we're going to talk about that now that that championship belt on your shoulder is from my from my keeper league and i think you were the you won it back-to-back years uh um, man obviously on the back of christian mccaffrey where you got him for for cheap in an auction draft but <laughs> we, won't, we won't get into how that happened but uh Yeah, so that one of you, that league. Lamar Jackson
1: helped a little bit too. And uh, uh, Nick Chubb and a couple players. Yeah, but you're right, man. Uh, I think keeper leagues are fun. Me and Aaron have played together for, I think, upwards to over 10 years now. And uh, I think in terms of just having that latter experience and then us, I was in 22 leagues uh, this past season. I'm probably going to be in upwards to almost 20 this year again. Um, I haven't stopped saying yes to people, so okay. if you got a couple of leagues, holler at me on Twitter, Aaron I know you're gonna send a few my way. I just joined a, a new one yesterday actually uh p p r league so i'm I'm in full mode right now, so it's a so, uh, peak fantasy season
0: so tell me tell me talk a little bit about about how it is to play in that many leagues. I know whenever I tell people that I'm in twenty something leagues people look at me sideways, like, how do you keep track of it? Are, are you finding that most of your teams have the same same players? Or is it like, hey, I just got to put in my grind. I got to make sure that I'm on top of every team. Or do you pay attention to certain leagues more than you do others?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not going to lie, you know, all leagues are not created equal. <laughs> but, uh, you know, to, to really put some, you know, elaborate on that comment is, you know, um, a lot of my core players are the same you know, so um I know last season I had probably, if I had 22 leagues, uh, Lamar Jackson was probably in 19 of them, I think, Um, you know, and then I would, you know, have a standard of a certain, you know, I think I had uh, three or four different wide receivers that I had in almost every league. I had um a core of like, probably like five or six backs that I was targeting. And, and then I had uh, some tight ends that I knew that, Uh, whether if I didn't get a couple of the top ones, I had some sleeper tight ends that I was just going to focus on. So if you kind of have a idea of which route you want to go and a lot of it's preference, you know, some people go um, heavy wide receiver. Some people go heavy running back. I think it's a good year to go heavy running back early. Um, As we kind of were talking about our keeper league. um, I kept Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson. So. Um, I think that there's a lot of wide receivers out there. I think that um, this season it's going to really be, you know, the time to have some good uh, just some top-end RBs and kind of let some of these uh, wide receiver situations play out. So uh, my strategy isn't really necessarily changing. It's just adjusting to this COVID-19 year. (laughs) Right. Um, And it is different.
0: <laughs> it is different it really this is. year. It it is a little bit different this year. But I kind of agree. I, I think I think we're on the same page with the running back aspect of it in 2020. I, I'm I'm leaning towards heavy running back this year because of the wide receiver depth. And we'll get into that depth a little bit later. But talk about you brought up COVID-19. Talk about that and how you feel like that's gonna impact this year as far as fantasy and just kind of the route you take and what kind of players you're you're looking at, or are you looking for a little bit more depth because you never know if a player gets caught what you know gets a positive test and he's going to be out for 14 days or two weeks or whatever it is and how that's going to impact your kind of draft strategy are you even going to take that into consideration at all
1: absolutely no. I I think that um, a lot of the moves that um, I would normally make in the off season um, I have kind of held off uh, up until kind of the start of the season because of that COVID-19 impact you know I'm unsure of hey you know is this player going to be out for one to two weeks. We just kind of heard from the NFL today, actually, about um, positive uh, negatives. So um, there, are, there's an issue going on right now to where some people are testing positive, and the next day they're testing negative, and then they get another fast, fast forward test, and they get another negative. So are we going to have situations where somebody like a Christian McCaffrey tests positive, maybe the game, of the day before game day, and he's out? You know, uh, that's yet to be seen. So I definitely think that having some form of depth, having the handcuffs to your running back is going to be key, um, especially to the running backs, man. Like I'm really concerned about that in this COVID-19 era. So if you have a Mark Ingram, and J.K. Dobbins duo, you're probably set. If you have a situation where, you know, you have a Nick Chubb, make sure you get Kareem Hunt. You know, some of these situations are – just normal fantasy years where you would want to handcuff, but especially this year, uh, when there's a, could be a situation where a player is out a week or two, like you said. Um, I think you have to prepare for that. So yeah. a lot of the trades that I'm gonna make, or the moves that I'm gonna make, are to make sure that I have a backup. You know, if you, uh, you know, if you're going Crowder, you know, maybe you're gonna make sure that you have, you know, um, the other wide receivers as well. You know, uh, I don't see why, you know, you shouldn't have Mims or Merriam, Perriam, you know, and um, I I just think that there's going to be opportunities, you know, you have a Julio, maybe you make sure you have a Calvin Ridley. So it's just, it's interesting to stack this year and uh, see how that impacts drafts. But um, above all, you know, I think that you have to go with your, make the best team available. And, you know, I think since everyone's going through this, you know, maybe we're all going to maybe losing a player here or there. But um, at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm just like in life, I'm not going to let COVID-19 affect my whole hey, life. Right. You know what I mean? My whole draft strategy, but I'm going to make
0: uh, make sure that I can uh, adjust on the fly. So, you know, I, what, one thing I found interesting, and I think it's kind of the biggest, or at least my biggest takeaway from the COVID thing is the, the lack of preseason. And I know we talk every year about preseason doesn't matter, but, for rookies, it does matter, right? And a lot of these young players that aren't getting this playing time early in this in training camp or in preseason, we don't know what we're going to expect from them in the once the regular season hits. I mean, we're talking guys like Jonathan Taylor or, um, you know, some of these some of these younger rookies, the, the Jalen Rager from Philadelphia. There's high talks of him in camp, but we don't actually know what we're going to see on the field. And I think a lot of fantasy football players use preseason to kind of find those sleepers. Talk about those young players that are getting a little bit more run than the veterans in preseason. And without that this year, it may take some of these rookies a little bit of time to to kind of get in the fold. And we may see some rookies drop because of that in drafts. And I think there's some value that could be had um, in the middle rounds because of that. Um, obviously, you're going to get guys like um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in Kansas City, who's getting all the praise because he's going to start. Uh, but I have a lot to say about him later, too, by the way. But you're going to get guys like that. And then you're going to get guys that nobody's talking about. You actually brought up Denzel Mims, who got hurt in camp the other day. And I'm really, really high on him as a receiver. But I'm not going to see him play until the regular season. So it's going to be tough to kind of gauge what rounds he should be drafted in uh, or how much value he should have if you're an, if you're an auction-style draft. But before we get into, into the meat of the, the conversation today and kind of talk about our draft strategies this year and some players we like, and I want to kind of recap 2019 um, I want to know some of your standouts. I'll, I'll give you a really quick list of guys that I just think stood, off, stood out last year and kind of who jumped off the page for me. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey had, you know, a historic year doing what he does, getting the volume that he does. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Um, so Christian McCaffrey can easily be considered the number one fantasy player. Uh, but I want to talk about guys like Chris Godwin, who had a really, really good year. Um, I know there's a quarterback change there, but he seemed to take that next step um, in becoming the number one receiver, even with Mike, Mike Evans there. Uh, obviously Lamar Jackson who had a historic year, but I want to talk about guys like Aaron Jones, Derek Henry, Devontae Parker, Austin Eckler. Those are kind of my standout guys. I will be honest. I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not as high on Derrick Henry Devontae Parker and Austin Eckler, as people are this year, I kind of think that may have been a fluke year. Um, so I want to know your thoughts on the 2019 standouts and how you think they like progressed this year. Do they get better? Are they going to take a step back? Uh, where where do you see them kind of uh, falling in in that in that way?
1: You know, the Devontae Parker one really stands out for me because uh, there's a situation in in uh, My, Miami where I'm not sure if everyone's heard about it, but there's a guy named Tua. And he's coming in. And, uh, you know, a lot of the damage Devontae Parker did was with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, are we going to see a quarterback change? And is that going to change the distribution of of footballs going around? You know, because they're also, you know, in accordance with Devontae Parker's rise, was the fact that Preston Williams um, was injured. Uh, Preston Williams was an up and coming talent that was uh, getting his kind of claim to fame prior to his injury as well. And then there's uh, Mike Gusecki, who also had a, a skyrocketed rise with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, you know, I, I definitely think Tua is going um, to be starting some football games this season. You know, he may or may not start week one, but it, all, all I'm hearing is that he's healthy. And as long as he's a first-round, top-of-the-draft pick in the Miami Dolphins organization, I don't see why he wouldn't be playing, you know, by week four or if not sooner. You know, again, you spoke a little bit about not having a preseason to show what you can do. You know, I was just watching Hard Knocks and they made, uh, you know, uh, you know, the coach of the Chargers made a, you know, uh, awesome, you know, kind of fun fact. And, you know, I remember back in 2017 when Austin Eckler, uh, was you know he was on basically kickoff duty and he made a couple plays and then that kind of gave him the uh wherewithal to for the coaches to put him in at running back and then boom, he's making a couple plays, but um you know somebody like him would have never gotten any type of uh notoriety had not there been a preseason so there's a lot of guys gonna be out there that have talent and how can make really good plays but they're not going to be featured until, you know, there's some injuries and, you know, who will be the next Austin Eckler who will be kind of the next guy that comes out of nowhere. And, um, you know, two years down the road, um, after you've had him in dynasty um, he starts to pay off for you in, in a a big margin. So yeah, the Austin Eckler question is interesting because um, there's also been a quarterback change. Tyrod Taylor, um, how does he utilize the backs? It looks like they paid Austin Eckler a little bit. Um, they're going to keep moving in uh, Justin Jackson to keep Eckler healthy. Will Eckler be healthy is uh, one of the keys to how you, how he'll be utilized. Um, so, you know, I am a, I've am never been a huge Austin Eckler fan, but I think that um, he usually starts the season off fast. Um, you know, I think he's got a small frame. And come winter, when people are banging the ball, um, you know, 25 times in the trenches, you know, um, he kind of wears down a bit. And uh, I think that's when uh, it may be time to trade him. Um, in terms of Derrick Henry, uh, he's quite opposite. You know, he's, he's started off slow uh, in a lot of these uh, last couple of years. And towards the end of the winter, it seems like he's just running the ball downfield. No one wants to tackle him he's uh, stiff arming folks on the, on the way to, you know, 40, 50 yard runs. And uh, that change with, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill over there helped out a lot. Um, So, yeah, man, I I think that there's a lot of uh, room for growth for some of these players, but also uh, their ADPs have rise so much that at the, at the point where they're being drafted, I don't know if it's worth it. You're right. You know, I don't know if it's worth to get, and Austin Eckler in the top thirty picks, you know, um, of a of a standard draft, you know. I don't know if it's you know, given the fact that uh, you know Devontae Parker has had you know some up and down seasons. Did he you know? Is he going to be consistent now with uh, a Tua back there? So there's a lot of questions, man. And I'll even add, you know, another one, you know, with uh, Nick Chubb, which is one of my keepers. You know, I'm unsure of, you know. The fact that Kareem Hunt's around, you know, because the splits with Kareem Hunt uh, really showed how Kareem Hunt is going to be utilized as a a foundation of their team, Uh, whether that's in the passing downs or getting some carries. But either way, he's going to come in the game and we'll see how Nick Chubb can adjust to that. I think that, you know, they won't have as many, you know, stacked boxes, but we'll see what happens. Nick Chubb is a a, we're just talking about overall talent. I see a huge talent. So, uh, one of my other guys, too, on the uh, ADP that's rised tremendously, and I think he's one of your favorites as well, as Miles Sanders. Uh, I do like Miles a lot. I think that he's moved into, like, you know, uh, the top 15 picks in ADP. We'll see what happens. You know, uh, he needs to stay healthy. He needs to uh, continue to produce. And, um, you know, they have a, a, a coach over there that's not afraid to put in, like, a Boston Scott or another running back that um, is good for that situation. So, um, yeah, man, I think that um, all these players are really good. There's a reason why they're in the NFL. But based on their ADPs, and we'll keep going back to their average draft position, um, some may be too high or too rich for my blood is what I like to say. You know, so uh, we'll go ahead and keep uh, figuring that out as the season progresses. But um, I expect uh, not to reach for some of those guys
0: just like you. Yeah, we, we we definitely can are on the same page there, especially with the guys like Austin Eckler. I mean, if you look at last year's numbers from from Eckler alone, I mean the first the first five games of the year, he had he had five games on this is just PPR standard PPR. He had five games over twenty points, and then you look at the last five games of the year, he had one, and his 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 production significantly dropped. And I, I thought it was interesting you brought up the point when the weather starts to get cool down and. He's a smaller frame, and, you know, you start to rely heavily on those those bigger backs that are able to carry the ball 20 to 25 times, and that doesn't seem to fit Austin Eckler's kind of, you know, his his frame or his his style of play. Uh, on the other hand, when you got a guy like Derrick Henry, and he ended up finishing fourth. I mean, Austin Eckler finished fourth amongst running backs, and it, he had a great year, but a lot of that happened early in the season. Um, and then you look at Derrick Henry, who was kind of the complete opposite, where towards the end of the season – He was, I mean, he was running over people. And we saw it in the playoffs, but we saw it before then. I think he finished his last three games that he actually played last year, last three or four games, he finished with like 28, 39, 35, and 25 points. And he was, and again, he was running for 200 yards a game. Um, And and those type of games or those type of situations is what he's built for, being 6'4", you know, looking like a linebacker, um, obviously running over people like you said. And then I kind of wanted to touch back on the Devontae Parker situation. He's He's been an inconsistent wide receiver since he's been in the league. Um, he had a lot of promise, obviously, coming in. He still finished outside the top ten last year. But, I, I don't know, this may be me. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, in a situation with Ryan Fitzpatrick, is he's, he's always been the type of quarterback he's going to let it go, and he's going to let it fly, and he's going to throw it. And there were a lot of times last year he gave Devontae Parker a lot of opportunities and one-on-one coverage, and Parker went up and made plays. I see Tua a little bit differently. I don't know if Tua – I mean, I don't know if Tua is going to come out and be as aggressive as a Ryan Fitzpatrick who's you know been in the league a long time, seen every type of coverage there is, uh, who's not afraid to throw it in coverage. I think we may see something a little bit different with Tua. Although Tua has great accuracy, uh, I'm worried about him being maybe a little bit gun-shy coming in the league or not wanting to force things into smaller windows that you might get from a Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I, I like Parker. Um, there's not too many weapons on Miami. So that's why I really like Parker. I think volume is going to be there, but is he going to stay healthy? Number one. And then is he going to be more consistent than he's been in his, in his past career? um, Number two. So um, I'm much like you. I kind of have the same thoughts on those last year standouts. Um, I think the guys that are, that were good that are going to be good again this year, like the Christian McCaffrey's the Godwins, the Dalvin cooks and the Lamar Jackson's. I think those guys will be fine. Uh, I do have questions about those other guys. Um, and you know, that'll be evident and are I'll probably not end up with any of them on my team. Just, just <laughs> based on those ADPs, I, I'll probably not have them. Um, it could be the right move. It could be the wrong move, but I'm probably not going to have them on any of my teams. And then we had, we, we did, we did have some letdowns last year too. And I was let down by a number of players last year. I feel like I could have won a few more leagues, had these, some of these players produced, so I wanted to know uh, some of your letdown players. I'll give you a quick list of mine. There were, there were three major ones for me. Uh, number one was Melvin Gordon just because he held out. I was disappointed in that. And then when he came back, he never got his footing, mainly because of Austin Eckler showed out. So he kind of lost his job, right? And then Eckler goes and gets paid. Um, number two being Odell. And I think there's a lot of talk <laughs> talk this year about Odell. I think in an auction draft, man, last I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but – we were, we were bidding. I think it was in that keeper league. And his price point got up to about 130. Now, mind you, out, mind you, the people out there don't know. Like, our drafts go crazy. Sometimes we spend a lot. Yeah, he got up to about 130 um, when he went to Cleveland. And huge disappointment. Um, so, between those two. And then there's going to be a lot of talk this year. Of somebody I'm actually really high on this year. But there's concerns, obviously, due to injury. Uh, and that's Todd Gurley. Um, I really like the situation he went to, but I'm still worried about his knees. And then obviously Saquon had a bad, bad year last year, him and Kamara, but they both were kind of injured throughout the year. Um, So tell me your thoughts on, on the letdown players from last year. And did any player stand out to where they cost you?
1: Yeah, I would say that uh, I was really high on Saquon Barkley. I had him in a number of my leagues, probably upwards to over 10, maybe 12 leagues I had him in and uh, I thought he was just a surefire, you know, league winner. And I spent a lot of first round capital and luckily I hedged my bets and I had some players like, you know, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, um, players that I got very, you know, later in drafts or for lower capital that made me compete and take me to, you know, a lot of championships. But uh, Saquon, if I would had, you know, I also had Christian McCaffrey in some leagues. So, um, if I had made the move that I had in like my dynasty leagues where I had Christian McCaffrey pretty much across the board, um, I probably would have won, you know, a higher percentage, you know, I, you know, you can't be so mad because, you know, I, I won a few, quite a few leagues, but um, Saquon Barkley, I'll go with you. And I did win that $130 uh, price point for Odell, which is, uh, you know, I, I'm still shaking my head at, you know, <laughs> boom. You know, uh, I ended up getting second in that league because I uh, Odell, you know, didn't really uh, return what I needed from him, um, which was, you know, that's a hundred dollar league. You know, it is what it is, and uh, another, you know, I could have, I could have really used him in some championships. You know what I mean? So um, again, I think uh, I do think that Todd Gurley is in a situation where he can be productive. Uh, will they limit him in, I think he's, he's, he's 26 now and he's been in the season. He's had some, uh, volume based, um, seasons and, with the Rams. And, um, I think it's his redemption season though. Know? Can he, can he do what he's been doing early on in his career? You know, did the money get to him? You know, is he going to be that player that takes the Atlanta Falcons, um, to the end zone? Is he going to be doing the dirty bird? You know what I mean? Is he going to be doing the dirty bird in the in the old end. So, school Jamal Anderson you know style? What, I mean? <laughs> what they know about the dirty bird, you know what I mean? So, um, but what really is going to help him is the fact that uh, Calvin Ridley's emergence. Um, they got another guy over there that has a really high catch percentage. Hayden Hurst that is going to help stretch the field, and of course Julio Jones. Man, he's getting older, but uh, you know what? I think that those players are are going to be allow Todd Gurley to be who he is. I think that uh, he's going to have some productive uh, weeks, but I think there's also going to be some weeks where they go away from the run. And I think that's just the MO of the Falcons. They're not uh, necessarily a run first team. Um, they, they go on the back of Matty Ice and that's to either feast or famine. Uh, Matty Ice has looked like an MVP in prior season. And he's also looked like somebody who's like, what the, what the fuck are they doing? You know, Matty Ice has three, four uh, interceptions and they're down, you know, twenty-five points in in the first half, you know, so or they're uh, up by
0: twenty-five and then they blow it.
1: <laughs> is that hey. is, is that a twenty eight to three reference? Hey, it you is what, what hey, I mean? it is what it is.
0: Um you no know. no I, no, I like what you're saying there. I, I like I like the Falcons talk because you know they moved on from uh Devonta Freeman and you know I don't know why he I don't know why they signed him long term anyways, but when they gave him that deal, I was concerned. They moved on from him. They bring in a guy who's had arthritis in his knees, but I liked what you said. I like the redemption season. And number one, I like it because I think there's not a whole lot of competition in the backfield, right? You have an Edo Smith who's you know missed the last half of last year um, due to concussions or whatever. But I don't think there's a whole lot of talent in their backfield, and I think that gives Gurley a little bit of of wiggle room to be on the field a little bit more. As long as he's, those knees are holding up. Um, it's not like they're going to rotate backs a whole lot. If he's able to play, I think they're going to give him the volume. And he's shown to be effective in the past game uh, when he was with the Rams. So I'm not worried about him there. But I, I do worry about, obviously, the knees and him, you know, saying, hey, I can't play this week because my knees are sore or my knees are hurt. I mean, as somebody that has arthritis in their knees, that shit will pop up on you just out of nowhere. So uh, I worry about <laughs> – hey, old man knees, that shit is real. But, uh, I mean, I so I, I – I I just like him a lot. I actually just, I just traded for him in a dynasty league. Uh, at, Our dynasty uh, league. Yes, right? Yeah. So I just made a move. I traded for him and Adam Thielen and I gave up some young talent, but I also gave up guys that I felt like I gave up Kareem Hunt in the deal who's in his last year in Cleveland. So he's going to have to move on from that. And I don't know what situation he's going to be in, but I gave up Debo Samuel, which I didn't really want to do, but you know, he was a Niners fan. So he really wanted him. Um and I, I like the more shirt thing. I I got Adam Feeling out of the deal. So uh I just I, I like Gurley. I don't I don't know. Normally last year I really wasn't on Gurley. I didn't like the situation in LA and what McVay was doing with him as far as resting him. I mean, I watched the Super Bowl and he wasn't even playing in the Super Bowl that much. So I I, I was really worried about that. But I, I like the situation he's going into in Atlanta. And you talked you were talking about talking about the Falcons and Matt Ryan and you know, former MVP and Julio Jones, who it doesn't matter how old he gets. That man is an absolute stud. He did it again last year. He had about a hundred catches about 1300 yards and this year or last year, he actually scored touchdowns, which was, uh, I'm sure, a. A positive sign for a lot of (laughs) fans I think the year before he had two or three or maybe
1: less and it's it's been a trend for him to like not score as many TDs because uh you know he gets that coverage over the top so Matty Ice automatically pre-snap read is like okay let me hit Austin Hooper let me hit somebody else who's going to be have that one-on-one coverage but I'm gonna to one of your points I'm going to add to that redemption season you know because I got last calls on a few players in my head, and, you know, I wanted to put that out there for the rest of the fantasy community because I know some people have said similar things on Twitter. Um, Cam Newton, it's his redemption season. It's his last call for me, you know. Is this, if he doesn't produce this year, you know, I'm not sure what, what chances he's going to get next year. Um, David Johnson, redemption season. Can he be the back that got paid a couple years ago? He's in a new situation, in Houston. You got the Arian Foster jersey. You know, there's a lot That's been a lot of backs cool. that you got a lot of backs out who've come out there. Steve Slade and Arian Foster have showed out, um, and hopefully David Johnson can do one a one year wonder and keep his value up. You know, Odell Beckham, um, and I'll actually also you know say that you know in terms of uh, a redemption season, and I'm not saying that he hasn't produced, but uh, a Julian Edelman. You know will he be the same without a tom brady uh will he be able to keep producing um at a level that he's shown so i got a lot of prove it players that i just mentioned and uh that this season for me is like whether i move on from them in some of my keeper in dynasty leagues or not
0: yeah and, and you know it's funny you mentioned all those guys they're not i mean outside of julian edelman but when you talk about david johnson cam newton I mean, as far as the position they play, Odell, they're all relatively still young. I mean, they're not like guys that are 35, 36, like a Larry Fitzgerald type where you've seen the whole career and you're you're thinking about the, you know, the next five years. It's, hey, these guys are young and they, they've they shown to have talent in the past but seem to have never been able to get over that that hump of being an elite player. And I think you saw it with Cam. You had one year where he's an MVP and then you really haven't seen that that form again. Um, same thing with with a guy like David Johnson. You have one year where he's elite. then his next year he's number one pick. Everybody's drafting him really high, and then he hasn't returned to that form. So um it is I, I like the redemption year for a number of players. I really think the Julian Edelman conversation is interesting. and it was it was it Brady this whole time or or was does Edelman actually have that type of value? Um, I, I think the move with Brady it's going to be different for Julian Edelman. I think Cam is the type of player that likes to go down the field a little bit more. Uh, He used Greg Olson throughout his career as kind of that, that resort, last resort, check down kind of guy. I don't know if Julian Edelman fits that style, but everything that's coming out of camp right now is they're getting along fine. They're working together. They like, you know, they like what everybody's doing. And Edelman's actually mentioned that he's never had a chance to play with a guy like Cam. And, um, and I, I think that was, I think that's 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 a good conversation to have. I think Cam Newton and Julian Edmund kind of together and how they how they work. But I wanted to get into some of these divisions. We're gonna, yes, I'm gonna, sir. I'm gonna kind of go down and we're gonna break down each division and we're gonna throw out a couple of guys, um, talk about how you see them go doing this year. And I'll go first. I want to start in, in the NFC West. I know I got a I got a lot of Niners fans that listen to the show, you know, local team. So we're gonna talk about the Niners a little bit. But in the division itself, in the NFC West. I want to talk about an a up-and-coming team that I think is is not getting a whole lot of love. But I think with the move they made for DeAndre Hopkins, I like what they're doing over there. I'm not sure about the coach yet still, but they made a, a couple of interesting moves. And I want to talk about Kyler Murray in Arizona. I think, I think last year he was – I mean, he was okay, but he – I mean, he still was a top 10 quarterback last year and I don't feel like he played to his potential. I don't think they had the help on the outside that they needed. I think Christian Kirk had a kind of a letdown year. Um, I I thought a lot of people had a lot of high hopes for him. And then obviously Larry Fitzgerald does what Larry Fitzgerald does, but he's getting older. He's more of a third down red zone kind of guy who's, who's going to keep drives moving, but he's not the big playmaker that he, he once was. So, Kyler Murray, to me, I have him – I believe I have I have him in my top five. Um, top five, top five, top five. Yeah, at, at the position. I, I really think he's going to excel. I I think I have him over Deshaun Watson this year, and a lot of people are going to give me shit for that. But I think Deshaun Watson loses some steam without DeAndre Hopkins. I know they added Cooks and Randall Cobb, and, you know, they have some weapons. But I, I have Kyler as my number three quarterback this year. And, and I just really like the connection – with him and DeAndre Hopkins, and then you have a Larry Fitzgerald there, and then what if Kenyon Drake can be anything of what he was towards the end of last year in, in Arizona? I think, I think that's my little sleeper right there. I think that's my sleeper team. I actually kept, I, I kept Kyler Murray in, in our keeper league, um, mm-hmm. and I, I expect, I expect big, big things of him from him. I mean, he had twenty touchdowns last year, threw for about thirty eight hundred yards, and I, I expect over four thousand yards this year, probably closer to forty five hundred yards. And then I'm I'm expecting almost 30 touchdowns. So, um, and he, and he's accurate for even though he's a little guy, but he needs to stay healthy. But he's an accurate. He's going to bring a little bit in the run game. Um, so that's kind of my breakout player in that division. Um, I'm disappointed in the Debo Samuel injury. I really liked him. And then and then we could talk about Raheem Mostert with the 49ers, but I'm not a believer. So I'll be honest. I'm not a believer sure, of Mostert. Sure. But I want sure. I want to hear your take on on who you kind of got in the NFC West that stands out to you. Just you know one or two players, and then. Uh, Maybe somebody that you're not a believer in.
1: Well, honestly, in in the NFC West, um, the team that's made the most positive noise to me is the Seattle Seahawks Um, for various reasons. They went out and shored up their their, uh, Jamal Adams, who's going to be covering uh, George Kittle. We know that that was the reason they went out and paid for that. Um, And they went out and they have a, um, a guy named DK Metcalf uh, the year prior who uh, showed that he can make some big-time plays. They already have a, a underrated wide receiver named Tyler Lockett who's made a good connection with uh, Russell Wilson. Um, they went out and um, just secured their just kind of not only Russell Wilson, you know, having, you know, more um, the ability to to make um, changes and to, to own that offense, but, you know, now they have uh, a defense and it's going to match him right now with Jamal Adams, you know. And if they get J. Davion Clowney, you know, we're talking about the best moves of the whole NFC West. So I really am high on DK Metcalf. I think that, um, you know, He's got the the physical tools to be uh to take that next step to elite. That dude's uh, a monster. That dude is a monster. Man, just say the least, what did he run? Like a four four four, he's six four, uh, and all the highlight videos you see, he's just making highlight play after highlight play. Um, I don't see, you know, a reason why that offense can't be, you know, come in and do some big numbers. Russell Wilson is, I think, in the uh they had him as a, a top five player in the NFL top one hundred, um, and you know I, he wasn't top five. He he wasn't five. I know that. No, he, he had, top he, five and not five. He came he, he came was, in ahead
0: of Patrick Mahomes actually.
1: Yeah, which so, which was interesting. Uh, so you know, to me, that's a lot of respect for him. You know, um, and I think he's he's one of those guys that works over the off season. He doesn't let it get to his head. Um, so I'm gonna go with the Seahawks having a, a DK Metcalf. Um, taking that next step. Um, I do love Kyler Murray, man. Murray, man. I have him in uh, one of our keeper leagues, um, the SD league. Um, I'm going to keep him in Lamar Jackson. So that's a nice uh, foundation super flex, right there. Superflex shorty's over there. You know what I mean? So, um, and it's interesting that uh, because I think what last year for Kyler Murray is exactly on point for you. I think that's his floor. I think that he's going to be taking that next step. He seemed a lot timid and now that he's getting comfortable with the people in his division, which is a tough division. They're in the NFC West. Um, he's got a, a weapon that he can just go to in DeAndre Hopkins. He's got a hall of famer in Larry Fitzgerald, who's going to be like, you know, that, uh you know, safety valve for him. Uh, Christian Kirk is going to be that guy who's going to make some big plays and uh, with, Kenyon Drake, I don't see them uh, having the ability just to do 10-man, 8-man boxes. So I think Drake's going to go a little bit wild. He needs to stay healthy. Um, I've heard some good things about um, their other back, Edwards, um, especially from the coach. That may be coach speak, but um, they say they got a couple of number one backs over there. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk about the 49ers, man. Um, I think the 49ers have been actually uh, hit the hardest. Um, you know, I think that their structure is based on making sure their defense is good. And I think, again, they did that. They went out and got a D-tackle and um, who's going to be a beast. They have, uh, you know, their Nick Bosa is taking that next step. Um, I also think that, you know, with Richard Sherman having his experience and uh, their their middle linebacker, uh, being able to take another year under his belt, he's going to have a Pro Bowl season over there. Um, so I think that their defense is going to do numbers again. I think that their offense losing Debo Samuel uh, to injury, uh, not being whether he he makes it back in the first couple weeks or not, he won't be a hundred percent. And a lot of his value is being able to get some of those handoffs and take it, you know, thirty yards on the on the jet sweeps and then he, ta- he his yards after the catch. So I'm really concerned about him coming back too early. Um, I think they play it safe because they are a, a contending team. Um, they have another guy who got hurt with an injury, Jalen Hurd. Her- um, so uh, the hype machine is back to Trent Taylor and uh, <laughs> Brandon Ayuk, who's been uh, – they keep saying in camp that Brandon Ayuk is doing numbers and he's well ahead of his years. Uh, First rounder, we got to mention that because his yards after the catch is kind of similar to right on par with uh, Debo Samuel. Um, They've also talked about, uh, you know, most getting uh, new money, restructuring his contract. Um, Yeah, man, that guy can really, uh, when he gets on the field, he jets, jets out of that uh, one hole and he's up the yard and, you know, five to 10 yards before you can even blink. But honestly, I haven't seen the Rams have I mean the uh, the 49ers in in terms of actually having a, a running back that is featured that's the, I haven't seen that in the Shanahan era and I don't see that changing this year. I don't see a featured back by them. I think even last year Kevin Coleman was still getting starts down the end of the year. Uh Mostert was coming in and and doing a lot of the the heavy lifting, but again I see that continuing to be a, uh, a mix and match. Jarek McKinnon is back. When they had, they signed him to a $40 million contract three years ago. Um, it's time for him to see what he can do before they move on. Um, so, yeah, I, I see they have a couple different backs. They all have different skill sets. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. for the Dynasty guys and uh, Jermichael Hasty for the Dynasty guys. It gets a lot of buzz. Um, so they got about four or five backs over there that can come in and get some touches at any given game. I think that, uh, what the, what's going to really yet to be seen is with this lack of, uh, firepower. Um, and I won't, I'm going to go ahead and say that, you know, George Kittle is, uh, elite, um, in terms of tight end, but, you know, do they have the outside wide receivers that can consistently get open for, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? You know, will Jimmy take that next step is what I want to see. They paid him. Um, He's been mediocre uh, as a quarterback. And I say mediocre, meaning, you know, he hasn't lost you a game. He hasn't won you too many games. He's shown some big things. But consistently, when they asked for him to make these plays, uh, when it counted most, um, he's not out there throwing for 5,000 yards, and he won't this year. But will he make that next step to where, hey, he can win you some games in the fourth quarter? So yeah, and we talked uh, we
0: talked about that on the on the last episode. We actually talked about George Kittle being, you know, obviously that that elite guy, but do they have the weapons outside without a Devo Samuel, losing Emmanuel Sanders? Do they have playmakers on the outside that can be consistent and take pressure off of Jimmy Garoppolo? because um, what you're gonna see defenses start to do is just bracket George Kittle and guys like Kendrick Bourne or Trent Taylor, they're gonna have to be consistent enough on the outside to make plays. And even in a Shanahan offense, as good as he calls plays and can mix and match running backs, you still have to have playmakers. And I think we saw it in the Super Bowl. <clears throat> we saw it in the Super Bowl when they were unable to, to sustain drives towards the end of the fourth quarter, and Kansas City was able to take the lead. I think that's going to be huge. Um, the running back situation, and especially when, I mean when we're talking fantasy, it's fluid in the, in the 49ers locker room, right? One day it's, it's Mostert running for 120. Next day it's Tevin Coleman having four touchdowns and then everybody goes and wants him. And then the next day, you know, one of them's hurt. Um, obviously they lost Breda, Matt Breda. Um, he's now in Miami, but we never know week to week who it's going to be. And I think that's going to be another, another impact when we're, when we're drafting, when we look at these drafts and we're seeing a, a Raheem Mostert go literally drafted, 12 rounds higher than a Tevin Coleman, that boggles my mind. I'm not sure I, I see that value. Um, I, I know he had a good end of last year, but he's a straight-line speed guy. He hasn't done it, his, you know, for a long time. I, I worry that, that people kind of put him up there way too quickly. And with Jarek McKinnon back and Tevin Coleman still there, I, I, I'm just not a believer. I don't think Mostert comes out and, and produces at the value he's – or at the ADP that he's being drafted at right now.
1: And speaking of running backs in the NFC West, you know, uh, there's some guys that uh, will be getting a lot of volume. We're not sure about the volume for the 49er running backs, but on the opposite arena, Chris Carson's going to get a lot of volume. And with the whole Rams situation, um, they drafted a guy named Cam Akers, um, and he's he was high on a lot of Dynasty um, and Debbie leagues, um, you know, RB uh, boards. And I think it'll be interesting to see how he takes the lead in, in that situation. He's, uh, he's one of those guys that could uh, possibly, you know, we may look back and maybe he won you a league. So um, yeah, those are my kind of thoughts on the NFC West. Um, shout out to Deandre Hopkins in the uh, joining the NFC West. Yes, uh, sir. We and forget about you, man. You are the best wide receiver in, in this uh, division by far by by a <laughs> by a country mile, you know what I mean, and <laughs> taking the words right out of my mouth, you know. So, uh, respect to him. Jamal Adams coming into town to guard uh, George Kittle. We see that move a mile away, and uh, we'll see if Jalen Ramsey uh, gets that contract. So, there's a, a bunch of different storylines going on there in the C West, and it'll be it'll be interesting.
0: It is definitely. Um, all right, let's move to kind of the topic of the offseason. I think everybody knew it was coming. The the decision that Brady was going to have to make, whether he stayed, whether he went. Um, I think this division is very, very interesting. Um, I know a lot of people, The I mean, the NFC South is, it's always been known for its explosive offenses, um, especially with the Saints and the Falcons. And then you had Carolina where there was a window in time when Ron Rivera and Cam were there, where they kind of you know, they took their little shot, made it to the Super Bowl. But this division has always been a – it's been a, a tough division um, to kind of pick and choose who's going to win each year. I think over the past, you know, three or four years, the Saints have kind of taken the, the lead on that. But Brady going to Tampa, everybody has them. I mean, their Super Bowl odds went from nil to, you know, they're one of the top contending teams. A lot of people have them winning the conference. Um, I don't even have them winning the division. Uh, I want to talk about the NFC South just for a minute. I want to I want to focus on two things. I want to focus on number one: is this the Saints' year? Are the Saints finally going to get over that hump? A healthy Alvin Kamara. Uh, you have Michael Thomas, who's shown to be the best receiver in football the last couple of years, breaking records. And then I think the addition of Emmanuel Sanders is highly underrated. Uh, I'm a big Emmanuel Sanders fan, but I talked about this a few weeks ago. I think the Saints have have long been searching for a receiver on the other side when they had Marcus Colston, they still didn't have somebody on the other side. They had guys like Kenny Stills and um, who's that Robert Meacham and and guys like that. Uh, But I think they've always been looking for somebody on the other side. They had Jimmy Graham, but I never really considered him a receiver. So I think adding Emmanuel Sanders and he is a little bit older, but he's just that veteran presence who can stretch the field. Uh, He has good leadership qualities. I think he's going to help them immensely guys like, Keith Kirkwood and all those guys from, you know, those previous years, they just weren't, they didn't have enough talent. And I think when you add Emmanuel Sanders, it's going to give more um, kind of more space for, uh, for Michael Thomas to work. And then obviously a healthy Alvin Kamara this year, which they didn't have last year. And you could tell he was hurt the whole year. Uh, I like the saints. I think the saints are, 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 are the favorite to me in the NFC right now. Them and the Niners are probably just because we haven't seen anybody play. I picked those two teams there. Uh, but I, I like Emmanuel Sanders, and I actually have Emmanuel Sanders. This might sound funny, but I think he takes a little bit away from Michael Thomas this year, and I actually have Emmanuel Sanders in my top 25 receivers. So, um, he's gonna, he's, in my opinion, he's going to be a wide receiver, too, um, to a high-end three. Um, let me know your thoughts about, about Emmanuel Sanders first joining the Saints and then where you see Brady falling kind of in the quarterback rankings with his new arsenal of weapons of Mike Evans – you know, Chris Godwin, um, adding Ronald Jones in there, Gronk, OJ Howard, Cam and Bray, I mean, they're tight end loaded and, you know, he loves the tight end. So t- speak a little bit about Brady and then where you see Emmanuel Sanders.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll agree with you on the, I think the most underrated or one of the most underrated moves of the whole off season was the saints, uh, getting Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I think that with, uh, them force feeding uh, Mike Thomas. Um, I think that Manuel Sanders will be able to uh, get a lot of one-on-one coverage. Um, Jared Cook was uh, one of those guys that benefited deeply from uh, Michael Thomas's coverages last year, but now I see uh, Manuel Sanders getting a lot of targets. I don't. He's experienced. He he's made big plays in big games. Um, he's a great guy in the locker room. I think he's just going to come in and fit seamlessly in that team. So, yeah, I definitely um, – but the guy who I think has the most uh, to benefit from all those moves to me is being healthy is Alvin Kamara. Like you said, he's he was hurt. They said he tore his knee last year and he played through it. Um, the guy is a, a killer when he's healthy. Um, I think that he's going to come back and he's going to surprise some people in PPR. Um, I, I – uh, you know uh, to be honest I have uh, Christian McCaffrey I have uh, Zeke Elliott and I have Kamara uh, above Saquon Barkley so it'll be interesting to see how um, a lot of these guys um, you know mix in but I think that when healthy Alvin Kamara has that type of talent um, and not taking away anything from Saquon I just think that his team isn't as strong as the other teams you know and Uh, Time of possession, game flow. Uh, I just think those other three offenses will give these other three backs um, a lot more opportunities to uh, make positive plays. In terms of Brady, man, um, one thing I've I've learned is you know I never count out Tom Brady, man. Uh, Tom Brady is one of those guys that um, he's a football mind. He might as well be a second coach on the on the field. Um, He is somebody that uh, is always squeezed the most talent out of his talentless players he's never played with uh, the big athletic guys unless we're talking Randy Moss seasons and we got to go a few bet years back where he did record numbers Um, and one thing about Brady is he puts the ball in the talented guy's hands so when he had Moss he used him when he has all these you know branch he used him you know But right now he's got he went to a team specifically to a team with two wide receivers that can make plays. He's gonna put the ball in Chris Godwin's hands. He's gonna put the ball in a Mike Evans' hands, and they're gonna make plays. Um, Gronk, I'm a little bit lower on than most people. Um, I think that he's still gonna come back and make some plays. Um, I'm concerned about the amount of snaps he's gonna play, but we'll see what happens. You know, they might start running that twelve personnel him and uh, Bray or OJ, and uh, those two wide receivers on the outside. Um, so we'll see what happens. You know, I also think that Ronald Jones is going to um, – I've always been a fan of Ronald Jones. I think he's going to make some plays back there if he can stay healthy. Um, Dare, I think he's going to be catching some balls out of the backfield. Um, they got some players out there, man, and um, Brady's going to put the ball in their hands, so it's up to them to take that next step. Um, Their defense, to me, um, they had one of the top rushing defenses. And if they can take that next step as a unit and their time of possession, you know, is changed. And they obviously, you know, Jameis Winston was their quarterback last year. He did huge offensive numbers. But what he didn't do was take care of the ball. And I think that's where Tom Brady is going to be doing uh, the biggest benefit to them is taking care of the goddamn ball. And you're not going to win a lot of games if you're giving the ball up. And you got Brady back there, and he's taking care of the ball. I think you have a good chance to win a lot of football games. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you on that uh, point that I think that Brady is going to be contending for a, uh, a NFC South uh, title with the, with the uh, Saints. I'm not, not taking anything from the Saints. I think it's their division to win. Um, but I definitely think the, uh, they're going to be pacing um, the Buccaneers. So the other team, man, um, out there, the Carolina Panthers, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, new change.
0: Aha, um, Teddy Two Gloves. You
1: know, Teddy Two Gloves, man. And, and he's one of Twitter's, uh, you know, uh, sons. You know, he's, he had a horrific injury when he was on the Vikings. His uh, path to play hasn't been as easy. He went to the Saints now he's in the carolina panthers division or he's with the carolina panthers as their feature quarterback so it'll be interesting to see how um he develops with Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, um and uh you know in terms of Ian Thomas is one of those guys that I think is not talked
0: about enough the uh tight end for the carolina panthers he's going to yeah. have some, <laughs> He has weapons. I mean, they added Robbie Anderson too, and I, you know, they have guys that with Curtis Samuel and D.J. Moore and Robbie Anderson, and then you also have Ian Thomas, and then obviously Christian McCaffrey. There's, I don't want to say there's no excuse, but for him, it's it's not the void of talent. They have talent surrounding him. Um, how is how is a new coaching staff going to use use that talent? You know, is yet to be seen. But um, I think that's a that's a good point you bring up. Carolina, they're they're definitely loaded on the offensive side of the football. Um, I think that college mentality from, um, what's their coach's name, Matt Rule or whatever his name is. Um, I think, I think bringing that college style mentality where they go, 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 I I would like to see that from that offense with all that young talent. Um, And we'll see. I mean, Teddy's always been the type of, to me, he's a game managing quarterback, but maybe he takes that next step. um, Being behind Drew Brees for a couple of years and, and he starts to put up, you know, big fantasy numbers. And we'll get to where, where I have them ranked towards the end of the show. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's okay to disagree with me, with, with me about Tampa, man. I just think – I I just think Tampa Bay is going to be a good football team. I, I just don't know about able to compete really in the playoffs. I'm not sure about their, their secondary. Uh, we could talk about their offensive line and things like that, um, and I'm not sure about their running backs. I think they'll get opportunity because Brady's so good – um, I do like their wide receivers. So fantasy players out there, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, go grab them. Uh, I'm super high on Godwin. I like, you know, cause he can play everywhere. He's not just an outside guy. And Brady loves slot guys and Godwin can play everywhere. So I'm definitely on board with go get them. I mean, Tom Brady finished number 12 last year. So is it, is it feasible he finishes in the top eight this year with those weapons? Yeah, I can see that. I don't have them there, but I don't have them there, but is it feasible to to see that? happen? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to discount. I'm not going to discount the goat. All right, man, let's move to the AFC. And I know you want to talk about this because we had a little bit of conversation on the side about, about this uh, division or this backfield in particular that I want to get to. Um, Let's talk about the AFC North. Let's talk about, let's talk about this Ravens backfield with Ingram, Gus Edwards, JK Dobbins, uh, every league that I'm in, dynasty league or redraft, I'm gonna be honest, so far that I've drafted on, I've picked up J.K. Dobbins. I'm a huge fan, right? So I don't know if he's going to surplant Mark Ingram this year, but Mark Ingram's on the last year of his deal, and he's shown to be a consistent. Like Mark Ingram's a good, a good back, man. He's consistent. He can handle. But in Baltimore, they run the ball, so we might see two guys that are fantasy relevant and and valuable actually where they're being drafted. But I think by, I want to say week nine, week 10, I think JK Dobbins is getting the majority of the carries in Baltimore. And I know it's going to be an unpopular opinion. And I know the coach came out yesterday or one of their offensive coordinators that said, Hey, we're going to, you know, it could be anybody. It could be Gus Edwards. One game could be Mark Ingram. I just don't buy that. I believe when you got a talent like JK Dobbins, and you see him on the field, and then you see the impact he's making, I don't think there's a way they can keep him off the field. So that's number one. I want to talk about that backfield. Number two, I want to talk about Joe Burrow, just because I I think that was the worst pick maybe in a, in a long time. I'm not a Burrow guy. Uh, I mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast before. I think the weapons they have in Cincinnati are good. I think the leadership, I think the defense, I think the offensive line is not going to do – Joe Burrow justice. And I think Joe Burrow is going to be a wash. I think literally I see Joe Burrow as a career backup and that he is going to be, <laughs> I, I'm just saying hot take right here. The number one pick is a, is a career backup. And in within three years, we're going to see him on the sideline holding a helmet um, with a headset on. And that's it, man. I, I just, I don't believe in him. I, I think that his one great year in college with, probably the greatest football team college football team we've ever seen with the amount of talent that that's come off that team and I don't even want to get into all the names because I did that before uh, I think he was a benefit of a great team and I just don't see it so um, speak to Joe Burrow where you have Joe Burrow and then talk about the Ravens backfield
1: yeah man Joe Burrow is an interesting uh player I you know I, I think that um uh... I think there's a lot on his shoulders. Cincinnati was a, a tough team to watch last year. You know, they lost a lot of close games. Uh, Andy Dalton never really maximized what they had over there. And I think this year they're trying to see what they really have. And I think one of the sure things over there is what they really have is uh, in Joe Mixon. And I think that because of this change, Joe Mixon is going to be able to be able to feature what he can really do. And um, without saying Joe Joe Burrow's name, you got to say Tua. You know, Tua is actually my pick for, um, you know, offensive or rookie of the year, actually. I'm going to go ahead and put that on record. Tua will be rookie of the year, in my opinion. Um, So Joe Burrow, to me, is somebody who's going to be mediocre this year. Um, I don't see him eclipsing 4,000-plus yards passing. I see him doing um, closer numbers to like a if a I do see Herbert better than Joe Burrow as well uh, in terms of actual numbers. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree with you, man. I don't think Burrow's the one to just take the Bengals to the promised land. So um, actually, man, uh, uh, hold on, bro. is there like a can you hear me
0: yeah it's okay man it's it's good I I mean I I feel what you're saying with with regarding to Joe Burrow man I I just a lot of people like him I just don't believe in him um I don't know how much I believe in Tua either but I definitely believe in Tua a little bit more um let let, let, let's let's do this do you have do you have Joe Burrow do you have Joe Burrow better than Justin Herbert you you like Joe this year fantasy wise in terms of
1: talent are we talking about just fantasy wise uh yes yes i have him better than than justin herbert this year
0: okay so i have i think justin herbert gets the starting job by like week six i don't think tyrod taylor is going to remain the starting quarterback mainly because of just where the chargers are going with their franchise so i think i actually have herbert outperforming joe burrow this year i think joe burrow is going to be bad like I think Cincinnati's offense is bad. I have Joe Burrow being bad. So, uh, but again, it's 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 okay to it's okay to have that that disagreement. Um, Joe Burrow is one of these guys that he's young. They, you know, a lot of people look at his arm talent, and that's what they see is just his arm talent. And I, I want to see him put in in game situations, and you know, we'll see what happens. But AJ Green being healthy would help that. But I'm not sure if AJ Green's going to be able to stay healthy. And if he does, then you know he might he might be able to make plays for Joe Burrow, but I just don't I just don't see it. Um, I do like Tyler Boyd and I do like Joe Mixon a lot, but we'll see we'll see how how he's able to use his weapons and if he's able to stay upright with that horrid offensive line and that terrible defense. He's going to be playing from behind a lot, so uh, we'll see how that we'll see how that goes.
1: You're right on the money. You know I'm concerned about Joe Burrow. Uh, I think their offensive line is atrocious. I think that they're going to be playing some tough teams in that division, as in Baltimore, as in, uh, you know, Pittsburgh. Uh, and I, I think he's going to struggle against those, coordinate, those defensive coordinators over there. So I'm with you, man. I think they finished last in their division. I think that, um, you know, Joe Burrow's overhyped. So, um, yeah, man, I'm not a believer in that. In terms of the, the Ravens' backfield, You know, they were the number one rushing uh, team in the NFL in terms of volume. So I don't see that changing this year. I agree with you, man. I think Mark Ingram is going to take the bulk of the carries in the first four to five games. I don't think he's going to stay injury free. He's getting up there in age. But, um, you know, the Ravens have shown uh, loyalness to their aging backs. And uh, they squeeze a lot of production out of those guys. And I think it's just that trust factor that they have. You know, uh, Harbaugh is one of those guys where he, he likes having some uh, experience in the locker room. And uh, J.K. Dobbins is going to have to really prove it. But um, Harbaugh is no dummy. He started a Lamar Jackson over a, a, a Joe Flacco at one point. So I see that change transitioning, you know, a little bit sooner than week 10 that you said. You know, I actually see that change happening by week seven.
0: That's great. I have him on a lot of dynasty teams. I like to hear stuff like that.
1: Yeah, man. I I think Dobbins is legit talent. I think he's going to come in. He's going to make plays. I think he's going to make splash plays like Nick Chubb did to to where he won the job early on in his career. Um, And you're not going to be able to just deny that tape. You're not going to be able to deny somebody like Dobbins um and in terms of the other afc north that i want to talk about a little bit too is you know the pittsburgh steelers you know their running back situation you know i think that they have a guy named james connor who needs to stay healthy he needs to uh have high volume and this is the year where you know he may you know he may be dead to me if he doesn't make some of these plays you know come in these ppr leagues so um uh, James I, Connor, you're on notice, bro. You're on I, notice for a lot I, of fantasy mem- uh, managers.
0: I, th- I think having Big Ben back will definitely help Connor's production. Uh, I know, I know. Last year, without without Big Ben, it hurt. I mean, you could just see it with Mason Rudolph and you know all those other second rate quarterbacks. I think, I think it definitely hurt Connor's production. Obviously, he needs to stay healthy. That's a big thing. I like the McFarland pick by Pittsburgh. I think uh-huh. that I think that's kind of a sleeper running back for me. Um, which we will get into, you know, as, as the coming weeks um, happen, but I, I definitely think he's a, he's a sleeper there, but uh, Connor's a, I think Connor's a solid back. I, you know, I can find him somewhere probably, you know, RB two ish late RB two kind of flex play RB three, if you have more positions, but I, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent a fan of him. I think that his talent is limited, but I think the opportunity in Pittsburgh is definitely um, enhanced when Big Ben's there. I think Big Ben makes him a little bit more valuable, and some of the things that Big Ben can do, and how he likes to get the backs involved. Um, I want. I want we'll to see about,
1: if Big Ben stays healthy too. That's that'll be a if, you know. Well, uh, yeah. I mean if. he he's an old he's an old
0: man too. So I, you're right. He definitely has his own injury concerns. Uh, I know there's a couple of guys. I mean you had already mentioned, but I want to talk about these year two guys, these wide receivers specifically. You talked about DK Metcalf um we 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 haven't really touched on on this player yet but last year he was kind of a surprise and I think I think a lot of people kind of slept on him Uh, but Terry McLaurin in Washington the Washington football team not the Redskins whatever that is um and then AJ Brown who ended up with the best year out of all of them I think he finished as like wide receiver like 18 or 19 or something like that uh maybe wide receiver 20 but you spoke about DK Metcalf and the, and the leap that you expect him to take this year. Um, I still have volume concerns for DK. I think Tyler Lockett is still the clear number one there. And I worry that DK is going to be relegated to the hey, three catches, 75 yards, and hopefully he scores a touchdown. And when he doesn't score touchdowns or he doesn't have those two touchdown games that he's going to be, I don't want to say useless, but he's going to impact your, your fantasy roster that week heavily especially with as much um, capital as you're probably gonna have to use to get him because he's such a, a dynamic player um i'm more of a fan of heavy volume guys uh, like aj brown is going to see heavy volume he's clearly uh, supplanted Corey davis as the the future number one receiver there the disappointing Corey davis and then terry mclaurin who i actually have really really high uh because of the volume um, and, and there's no other receivers in washington so Talk to me a little about is there any other year two guys that you may have your eye on or, uh, or, or are those kind of the main three guys. And then where do you see a AJ Brown and a Terry McLaurin kind of lining up in your,
1: yeah, actually, you know, there's another year two guy that I see that is going to make a, <laughs> uh, an impact is Hollywood Brown. We, I know we talked about the AFC North, but uh, the, the, the reports coming out of um, Ravens County is that uh, he put on a couple um Pounds for his frame, and uh, I think that's what uh, he was. What buck seventy five last year? I think he's at a buck ninety, which is with his speed is going to be a lot helpful for him to stay on the field and be able to make more plays. I like Scary Terry, man. I really do. I'm I'm high on Scary Terry. Uh, My only concern with him is that will he be able to? Because a lot of wide receivers, you know, they their breakout is uh, the precedent for them being unknown. And them, you know, not a lot of coordinators uh, really preparing for them. But now I think we've come to the age where, okay, now these guys have shown they can make some big plays. Now it's time to roll that that uh, coverage over to their side. Now can they make consistently make plays? Will they be consistent game to game? Because now at their current ADP, will they be able to produce like a wide receiver that you're paying for? It was cool to have them last year because you didn't have to pay too much for them. But if we're talking pure fantasy, I'm talking pure eight, I'm talking about what you got them at and are they going to produce at that level? So um, if I'm making a third round pick, fourth round pick on a guy named Terry McLaren, I want him to produce weekly, you know, as a, as a wide, high wide receiver two, low wide receiver one. Um, because there's going to be guys out there like, you know, um, that are going to be in, available in the third round, uh, like a, a Galladay or a, you know, will they be uh, or a Diggs or a, you know, some of these guys that would known pedigrees that can uh, consistently produce. So a feeling a, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that, you know, yeah we expect these year two wide receivers, AJ Brown. I'm a fan of him because of his yards after catch, but he only had 58 catches last year. And a lot of that's because they run the ball, run the ball, run the ball in a Titan land. And, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. He's a, uh, uh, he, he did some big numbers this past season. Will he do it again? Because he's never really made a wide receiver consistently better. Um, he had Devontae Parker for a couple of years in Miami and he got nilch out of him. He got nothing. And uh, will AJ Brown be the same as that? I don't think so. I think he has more than 58 catches this year. Um, a lot of his big plays were splash plays, uh, play action plays. Um, so 58 catches, um, you know, they got Corey Davis over there and Johnnie Smith. I'm not scared of Corey Davis. Jonu Smith is one of my sleeper tight ends that I really like. Um, so uh, I think that they continue to run the ball. They just paid Henry. Um, their, their game plan is win the game in the trenches. Their coach is a trenches guy. You know, he saw last year that, you know, when he relies on Tannehill, um, it's, it's, uh, feast or famine. it's feast or famine again. He could have some really good games or he could end up losing you some really important ones. So I think they run the ball, run the ball, run the ball over there. I think Dwayne Haskins takes a step forward this year. I think he does get scary, Terry the ball. Um, they also have a guy named Gandy Golden over there. They also have a guy uh, who, um, you know, who got cut over there, Thaddeus Moss. So there's, you know, some of those got some of these guys, I think Sims Jr. Um, has been making some plays in the uh, training camp. Um, I'm more excited about their running backs, actually, with Bryce Love and uh, Antonio Gibson because um, I think one of those players shakes out to be a league winner. And uh, we'll see which one it is. Um, AP is over there as well. Um, they, they're going to have some guys that either, you know, they're the same old Washington uh, football team of, of past or, you know, um, it's like a lotto ticket. Uh, they may win you some games win you
0: some weeks yeah and the, I think the, that's gonna be the cutting of uh, <clears throat> the cutting of Darius Geist was I mean I don't want to say it was shocking obviously the news coming out was uh, was pretty shocking because I know they had it's a horrible lot... horrible news yeah horrible they, news. they had they had some high hopes for for Darius Geist I know he couldn't stay healthy his first couple you know seasons but I was a big Darius Geist fan as far as his talent oh, I level. know you were. You yeah.
1: I in a lot of leagues we we're in. Yes. This uh, guy, he was impacted because he's one of those guys that, you know, when you have a, a player on all your teams, and something like this crazy happens, you know, of course you're losing a, an asset. Yeah. Keep going.
0: Yeah. No, no, no doubt. I, I definitely, I definitely had to go back and look at a number of my teams and, you know, cut them. And I was like, man, I had slated him. I kind of slotted him in as my starting running back this year for a number of leagues. And, so now I have to rethink my whole kind of draft strategy. I kept him in a couple of leagues. I had him in a couple of dynasties. Um fortunately, I was able to get Antonio Gibson in in a, in a lot of my dynasty leagues um as far as like handcuffing him and then um you know, but still the news was the news was terrible and then now you have new allegations coming out about him from when he was in college and you can just kind of see where this where this path is leading. Um <clears throat> and kind of the last thing before we get to uh, some rankings the last thing I want to talk about is the rookie effect. And we talked about some rookies already, but there's some there's some rookies that are going to have some key roles on teams that I feel are kind of set, playoff teams, I believe. But they're gonna, I think they're going to play a pivotal role. We can talk about Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis and the way they want to run the ball. I mean, they have Marlon Mack, but adding Jonathan Taylor, I think now they have a two-headed monster. They brought over Phillip Rivers. Um, Michael Pittman Jr., who's also – on the Colts and I think they're again loaded with talent and with the effect of T.Y. Hilton Paris Campbell
1: <laughs>
0: they have Paris Campbell there um, you know he he was hurt a lot of last year but with him there yeah, yeah I mean they got weapons all over the field so Phillip Rivers um, is going to take a huge step forward this this year for me but as far as where Jonathan Taylor fits in how C.D. Lamb fits in in Dallas I know Dallas there's been talk around my Cowboys that Amari Cooper's talking about we want 3,000-yard receivers. Um, you know Everybody's going to touch the ball. I don't know if I buy that, but I do like the addition that he brings, the kind of playmaking ability that he's going to bring, um, the run after the catch. So him, um, I also I'm – I'm, I'm not really a believer in Jalen Rager, but there's been a lot of talk in Philly camp that he's been – he's electrifying. Um, and then they got guys like uh, – let me make sure I don't butcher this name. LaVisca Chennault. Uh, in in Jacksonville um so talk about some of the rookies and where where you see them because I, I don't think there's going to be a huge impact but I do think there's some rookies that are going to stand out get touches obviously the main one being Clyde Edwards Hilaire after the news of Damian Williams um yeah. but I still don't know how that's going to shake out I, I mean I like him but everybody's I mean he's shot up draft boards right now his his ADP is shot up he's like running back eight I would not draft him that high. And the reason I would not, the talent is there. He should be involved, but I still think there's something to be said about Andy Reed liking veteran presence. He did it with, I mean, he did it with Damian Williams, even last year. He didn't give Darwin Thompson a whole lot of run. When McCoy was healthy, McCoy was still getting most of the run. And he's shown that he's not the same player. And I just don't buy that. He's going to give this rookie the looks that, that everybody's saying he's going to get. So I'm, I'm still thinking that in the mix, there's going to be Darwin Thompson's going to get some touches. Um, Darrell Williams is going to be back. I think, I think they're going to still mix in other guys, and then it's still going to be on Patrick Mahomes to make plays. So I'm not as high on Clyde edwards hilaire As a matter of fact, it's going to be, it's going to be bad. But I have, I have Clyde edwards hilaire as my 18th ranked running back still, and a lot of people have, have him in their top 10 now. So where, where do you see all that playing out?
1: Uh, uh, I'll 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 admit I got uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire uh, a little bit higher than 18, uh, but I'll agree with you in terms of you know with with that offense you know it's not a running back first offense that offense is ran through Patrick Mahomes so at the end of the day they're gonna live and die by the pass and um, you know in terms of running backs it looks like they can bring in a Cream Hunt he'll lead the league in rushing they can bring in a Damian Williams he'll produce so whoever they bring in to me is gonna is gonna produce but Andy Reid has also shown that he's willing to you know br- he brought in what LaShawn McCoy midseason last year mm-hmm. he's he's brought in players he can he can do whatever he needs to do and they're gonna just whether it's Daryl Williams who made some plays last year he's still there you know there's there's gonna be guys who come in and make plays for them because they have just the ability to do that with all their weapons on the outside um, in terms of actually rookies um, we saw that Uh, Scary Terry and A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and Hollywood Brown all made plays last year. Uh, So I think we're in a unique situation in this COVID-19 era where um, you're going to find some guys, um, you're going to draft some guys, and it's going to be the guys who are good at Debbie and Dynasty that are identifying that one guy that can possibly become a 1,000-yard receiver or 1,000-yard back because uh, we're not going to see anybody in preseason now. And we're just going to see guys that are on teams where it's like, you're okay, I'm not sure what he can do, but people say he's good. Um, And then there's going to be the guys that are like, okay, yep, I'm just waiting until he gets this opportunity because uh, he's going to be a surefire thing, you know. So um, you you mentioned a couple players that, um, you know, it's going to be a situation where a CD lamb, is he going to get the amount of targets that he needs to, to become a, a thousand yard receiver? Um, I'm high on CD you know in terms of his talent I think that he can run every route I think that he's you know uh, with the addition of uh, Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper he's not going to see the double coverage that he saw in college which is even going to help him a lot more and then you got Zeke Elliott back there who's gonna you know be another reason for them to not have um, double coverages so um, I I think it's going to be you know one of those situations where you know uh, somebody like CD could have huge games and I'm talking about monster games and you got to identify the right rookie on the right team. Uh, Jalen Rieger. Um, he's one of those players where, you know, I think he's, he's got the natural ability. Uh, does he have the, the um, ability to come in and make all the wide receiver plays that's yet to be seen. I think the biggest winner over there um, is going to be, you know, or the biggest uh game changer is going to be see we're going to see if Carson Wentz can really do it. There's no excuses. They they went out and drafted a wide receiver. They have uh you know Ertz and Goder. They're still um can Wentz get these guys the ball consistently and be be effective um in terms of other um wide receivers, you know, uh Edwards and Rugs from the Raiders, man, that's my home team. Uh I'm, I wonder if uh, what Derek Carr says is right about these guys like Edwards, you know, where I haven't been able to see him in, in preseason. I saw his uh, college film, um, you know, Derek Carr says that uh, Edwards is similar to like a James Jones. He's also said he's similar to a Devontae Adams. And I've seen clips of rugs, you know, not only go deep, but uh, make some out routes. You know, I think that a rugs has the same body frame and, um I, I, he's no Tyreek Hill by any means but I think that he has the same skill set if he if he unlocks that potential he could uh, somewhere down the road be somebody like that obviously we don't have a Patrick Mahomes that can get him the ball like that but um you know I think this is the year where shit we drafted a couple uh wide receivers for Derek Carr let's see what we can really do with Waller back there as the tight end and let's see if he can uh make some plays because I actually think that he's going to be on his way out um especially when the Raiders don't do as good as uh they uh they they're drafting for. So um I, I love the Raiders. That, I
0: love the I honestly I love the Raiders draft this year. I think adding Brian Edwards and Ruggs, I think they did it exactly right. They're saying, "Hey, Carr, you got Josh Jacobs, you got Waller, you got Rugs, you got Brian Edwards. This is it." Like show us you Darren can be the Waller. Yeah. Yeah, show us that you can be the guy, and if you can't, then you, like you said, you're going to be gone. But I, I love their weapons. I think Rugg, I think Rugs and Edwards are a very good combination. I think they complement each other in what they can do on the field, and I definitely like the comparison to Tyreek Hill. Um, and like we said, I don't want people on here going crazy. He didn't say Henry Rugs is Tyreek Hill. He's saying that he has that potential um, in his skillset. skill set. Yeah, the skill set is similar. So um, if he can unlock any of it, like you said. I think they have uh, they found a gem. But, I mean, they used, they used draft capital on him. They drafted him fairly high. I mean, he went ahead of
1: guys he like the Cedar. the first Ann. wide receiver taken. Yeah. He was the first wide receiver taken. Yep. And generally, the Raiders don't have a good history taking offensive wide receivers. We'll say that. I mean, I'll be the first to admit it. We suck at drafting wide, <laughs> wide receiver rookie that we didn't talk about in um, the AFC West is Jared Judy. That's what are your thoughts on Jared Judy with um, Cortland
0: Sutton and Drew Locke? I love what Denver's doing. Noah fan, I love what Denver's doing. When we get to our rankings, I'm going to talk about a quarterback and Drew Locke that I really like. Um, I think Jared Judy is going to be good. I think right now that's a perfect compliment to a guy like Cortland Sutton. I think Cortland Sutton is a star, but I don't think he gets looked at as one. But I think he's – I have him in my top ten. Um, so I definitely like what, what Cortland Sutton brings to the table. So Jerry Judy should see a lot of single coverage. Um, they also got KJ Hamler, who I really like. Um, and then, you know, they still got guys like Deshaun Hamilton and stuff like that, but Hamler is a sleeper, a sleeper, sleeper. Yeah, love, I love Hamler's game. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see what their offense does this year. They were coming on towards the end of last year. Um, I think they're kind of a, I don't want to say a sleeper team. Cause obviously that's Kansas city's division, but I, I can see them, especially from the offensive side of the football, uh putting up very good fantasy numbers this year. Like all of their I mean, you got Gordon and Lindsey, you got Judy and Sutton and Hamler and then Drew Locke and Fant. And I, I think yep. I, I think their offense is gonna be uh some there's gonna be some fantasy value in their offense. So let's let's talk about those rankings, man. Let's uh let's get into it. Let's I got I got some sh- good. I got some shocking rankings and you know we'll end on these rankings and then as we move forward um david's going to be a regular here obviously most of the shows have been shorter but we're this is our first fantasy episode um as we go through the season he'll we'll be making appearances we'll be talking about you know weeks and sleepers for each week and stuff like that so but let's start with let's start with the quarterback position and we we don't there's some of the names we don't even need to mention we don't need to talk about patrick mahomes lamar jackson these guys i want to get into kind of the these, these middle guys. The meat, the meat yeah. and potatoes. This is where you win, it, it win and lose leagues, right? When, you, when you're picking these so – we can't all be at the top of a draft. We can't all spend all our draft capital on a Patrick Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson. So, like, outside of my top ten, which names may be shocking, may not be, I don't know, just outside of my top ten is Aaron Rodgers, is Tom Brady, is Drew Brees. And these are guys that are, like, historically, like, at the top, you know, the top end of, of, of value at the position um big ben matt stafford i won't go any further i have cam newton in my top 20 but just inside my top 20 but the guys i want to talk about uh, that i'm on the fence about i ranked him number nine carson Wentz, and then number 14 drew lock and i i i put drew lock at 14 but i'm gonna be honest i really think drew lock could get into the top 10 i i know everybody's like well every- too high on him too soon, but I really think Drew Locke could be in the top 10 by the end of the year. And then Carson Wentz, I could reverse that and put him outside my top 15, possibly. So I want to know kind of your thoughts on those two. Um, maybe some guys that stand out to you. The, the top eight are pretty standard. It's Matt Ryan, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Lamar, and Mahomes. So those guys, I think, are kind of locked in, one through eight, um, just from a you know the skill set, talent around them teams they're playing on, how they use them. I don't know if you have any debates there, but whatever order you have them, those are my top eight quarterbacks. And then it goes from there. So what do you think about Wentz? You talked about him a little bit. What do you think about Drew Locke and how high I possibly could have him getting into my top ten? And then what about the veterans, Brady, uh, Breeze, and Rodgers? Yeah,
1: no, I'm with you on uh, Brady, um, Breeze, and uh, Aaron Rodgers being outside of the top 10. I think that these guys have done the huge numbers to where, you know, they understand that, hey, if I throw for 5,000 yards and, and a million touchdowns, yeah, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing my, se- my team a service. But uh, it's not about individual accolades. I think they're more focused on winning, and they know that they have to have balance. So um, I think that in terms of actual football, their minds are beyond just – individual numbers so um there's going to be times when they uh they're on the three yard line and it's it's a pass play and and they say okay well actually i'm gonna go ahead and just give it to uh alvin Kamara. i'm gonna give it to you know uh ronald jones and a lot of these younger guys you know I, i think are hungry to throw the touchdown to be on sports center to be on espn to be trending you know so um uh, a guy like Josh Allen, who's going to be in the, in the you know, the top 10 for me, is one of those guys where, you know, when you're in the 10-yard, under the 10-yard line, you're like, oh, shit, he can either throw it or he can run it in. And it's pretty much whatever he does, I'm scoring fantasy points. And that's what I like about a guy like Josh Allen, you know. Uh, another guy, you know, um, that we talked about, you know, Kyler Murray. Um, he's going to be in a lot of top 10s this year, as he should be. And he's not 10, you know what I mean? So um he's one of those guys to where I think he can he can do some Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes type numbers, you know? Um another guy that is outside of my top ten that has shown that he can be a top ten quarterback is a Jared Goff. And he's uh he's on hard knocks right now and I've been watching him. And uh, I think that um it's you know he's have he had one of those years last year. Where he got his uh, Cooper Cup and Bob Woods and Brandon Cooks um, all involved. And I think it's even more on his shoulders with the girlies out of the picture. Now it's okay, golf, go ahead and toss that rock around. Let's see what you can really do as well, you know? Uh, um, because is it all McVeigh or are you going to be able to prove that you are worth that contract? So if, he, if he's given the free reins to just toss the ball around, I can see him doing some type of a. a cracking the top 10 Wentz also if Wentz can show that he owns the field and he's um one of those guys where he can uh do numbers when he's healthy but he's also shown that you know he's had some really shitty games I'm not gonna lie when he played he's played some some tough teams and you're a Cowboys fan you know how it is to where you know some of those division games he's not going to just be running down the field and, and tossing TDs so Uh, when he's playing the Cowboys and they got their D line and he's getting sacked a few times, does it get in his head? And is he going to be a uh, more so a top 20 to 25 quarterback in those games? Yes. I think he's going to have some games where it really lets down. So to me, I'm not only am I looking at the individual player, I'm looking at the whole division as a whole. Um, I'm looking, is he going to be in some shootouts? Is he going to have some of those games where it, it allows him to have some bad games? Um, I'm really high on Josh Allen because I think with the getting out of uh, Brady, getting out of there, um, it's going to allow him to be in a lot lot more uh, position of power in terms of the Buffalo Bills having a a real shot to win that division. Um, So um, I really think that you, you made some good points about uh, Aaron Rodgers kind of, you know, not to say that he's lost talent as a person, but I just don't think that he's going to be in a situation to where He's going to throw it um, 45 times. I think he's going to keep handing the ball off to Aaron Jones. I think he's going to utilize A.J. Dillon, handing the ball off. And I think that's when their best is when they, you know, Aaron Jones is doing good. Right, free Aaron Jones, free Aaron Jones. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, of course, Devontae Adams is going to get his. I like Alan Lazard over there for uh, emerging receiver. Shout out Alan Lazard. I got him on one. Uh, my Madden Fantasy Sim League team. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> Thirty-two <laughs> teamer, by the way. Um, so yeah, no, I, I definitely I agree that um, the Breeze is just outside of the top ten. He can, I think Breeze will have his weeks where he does top ten numbers, but um, him being like a number one overall weeks, um, I don't see that happening. Deshaun Watson, he's lost a little bit of steam with the with the whole not having uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, a top three wide receiver, regardless of anything, you know, you've seen over the last several years, uh, when you lose a wide receiver like that, you know, it makes the the field a little bit tighter. You have to, you know, your throws got to be a little bit better. And we've seen how the shitty offensive line of the te- uh, Houston Texans is right. And, uh, you know, can he stay healthy with that? An offensive line like that is one of my questions. So, yeah, man, I I think we're pretty consistent. Uh, Matt Ryan, we'll see what he can do. He's he's shown that a year to year, he's either Matty Ice or Matty, get the hell out of here. You know, so um, Matt Stafford, when he's healthy, he tosses that rock around. But um, he's getting up there in age, and we'll see what happens if he can be consistent. I think the only knock on him is, can he be consistent? He's in a tough division. Um and then, you know, uh, of course, you know, Drew Locke, who I'm also – I've seen quite a bit of him. He's in, you know, the Raiders division. Um, he's going to have to be, be competing against the uh, the teams like, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes-led teams where he may be coming from behind, and he has to hit Jared Judy or Cortland Sutton or Noah Fant for big yardage. Will he take that next step, man? I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him in fantasy. I think he'll do some numbers, some games, but, again, consistency in these in these uh quarterbacks is uh what separates them from the top five and top 20 so yeah no no, no doubt uh, kind I, especially, of my thoughts.
0: especially when especially when you're talking about a year two quarterbacks right you know the quarterback come in rookie year he plays well towards the end of the season now the defensive coordinators have had a whole offseason well i mean they've had a whole offseason to watch him and kind of make adjustments and find out what he likes to do and so that year two is i think is important we saw it with patrick mahomes even last year and patrick Mahomes or um, the second year Patrick Mahomes, he had to make adjustments. I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes, so it worked, but you had to see adjustments made. Lamar Jackson had to make adjustments. Kyler Murray will have to make adjustments. Uh, We've seen it in a number of these quarterbacks. Um, I'm going to point out my first disagreement with you on the running back situation. I actually do have Saquon Barkley ranked number one, uh, mainly because... I think this – I mean, barring injury, obviously, but I think barring barring a major injury, I think he gets back to the heavy volume. I do worry about the Giants' offensive line, but we've seen that, you know, two years ago when they had a shitty offensive line, uh, he was he was receiving the high volume of touches both in the passing game and running game, and he was able to produce. I just like what – I like his skill set. I think he's he's probably the most talented back. I've seen it a long time as just from a skilled talent or a pure talent perspective, but obviously he plays on the giants and the giants are, you know, a shit show right now. So are they going to be able to be in enough games to allow him to get his touches? I think they'll use him in the passing game. I think it's all about health with him. If he stays healthy, I think he'll produce. Um, I could tell he was injured last year. He never looked right. Um, I don't see, again, I don't see them the usage changing with him. They don't have a backup. I mean, we've all seen the Wayne Gallman show uh, for a number of years. He's had good games, but he's never been able to really stay consistent. Um, so I have I do have Saquon number one, and then I have McCaffrey. There's a lot of haters out there on Ezekiel Elliott. I don't understand why, but not just as a Cowboys fan. If you look at the numbers, he's been the most consistent running back since he's been in the league. Um, and when you have 1,200 yards – and you're, it's considered a down year, then, you know, you're doing something right. So um, I like Zeke. I think he'll get involved in the passing game. Um, they've used him a lot more in that the last couple of years. I love Kamara. Those are like my top four. I think you said it too, just you had him a little bit in a different order. Um, and then after that, kind of these late first-round guys that um, we're looking at mainly because I think it's a running back, top-heavy running back class that you need to be drafting in your drafts. Love Miles Sanders. Um, I haven't have him inside my top 10. I also moved David Johnson up a lot going to Houston. Um I don't I don't know why. I, maybe it's maybe it's still this, this piece of my heart that still wants him to be what he was. Uh but I I, I like that situation for him. I know their offensive line isn't very good, but I, I just have this feeling he's gonna get he's gonna get right there. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the Deshaun Watson factor. I have a feeling he's gonna get right there. I mean, Lamar Miller was producing there. Um, and I think David Johnson's better than Lamar Miller. So I think, I think David Johnson takes a step up. I have him in my, inside my top 10 and it's, it's going to be, I have Derek Henry outside, just outside my top 10 running backs. And there's people taking him number one overall. And I mentioned it earlier. I'm not a Derek Henry guy. I think the last couple of years I've seen inconsistencies games where he'll have 63 yards and then games where he has 200. And I actually made a bet with somebody on our on our line about Derrick Henry's numbers. Your 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 homie Birdo, Uh I made a bet with him about having more than 1,200 yards. I believe so. I have I have Derrick Henry under 1,200 yards this year. So we'll see how that plays out. I know it's not going to be the popular opinion, but guys, following that, I have like Mixon, Drake, Eckler, Gurley, and then um, like Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, and then that's where I have Clyde edwards hilaire slotting in at number 18, Devin Singletary, and then. Also, probably another surprise is Leonard Fournette. I have him just inside my top twenty. Could probably be a little bit higher, but I worry about Jacksonville. That I think that that organization is a mess right now. So I have Fournette kind of sliding down. He'll get used a lot, but I think they're going to be playing from behind uh, most games, and I think the lack of carries, the lack of touchdowns, is going to really hurt his value this year. So I have him just as an RB, a low end RB two. And uh, we'll see what, what goes from there. But what are your thoughts about the running back position? Who are you most excited about? And um, are there any surprises that you feel you're going to – that are going to enter your top 10 or even your top 15 that we may not be uh, thinking about right now?
1: Well, I, I think there's a, a, a couple of guys that are on prove-it deals for me. And, and, and a couple of the guys you mentioned are uh, Leonard Fournette, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. And Todd Gurley, uh, which one of those four are the one is the one that is going to be the the highest rank at the end of the year? You know, and I thought about that question a lot, and um, I think that the best situation is going to be for Gurley. Um, but I, I'm going to say that actually, I, I feel like uh, Leonard Fournette, um, for some reason, is going to do a little bit better than most people think. Um, I think that he has shown that. Um, regardless of the situation, regardless of the quarterback. Uh, when he's healthy, he's going to make some plays. Uh, I think that he's in a – you know, a lot of these guys, um, and I'll say Burnett especially, he wants to get paid. So if he has any uh, realistic shot at getting paid, he better start producing this year. And that means producing touchdowns. That means making catches. He did he did some good things in the past game uh, last year. But I I want to see him uh really uh take the bull by the horns. Um I do like Devin Singletary. I think that he takes a step forward this year. Um I think he'll be uh be utilized um as more of a feature back this year. And that's on the ends that Zach Moss doesn't come up and uh and show that he can uh be a feature back. So I'm kind of wondering which one of those two guys, Devin Singletary or Zach Moss, shakes out by the end of the year. I expect them both to be utilized and get a shot at it. Um, Zach Moss, I'm a fan of. But we'll see if uh, Devin Singletary uh, relinquishes that deal because uh, it sounds like uh, this is the the year that he gets a real shot at being a feature back. Um, in terms of uh, my rankings, I got Joe Mixon and um, – You know, uh, Jacobs, uh, our Raiders uh, feature back, uh, going inside of the top ten. I got Miles Sanders in the top ten. I think that um, those are the three backs that you guys should be targeting. If you don't get the, um, you know, of course, the uh, McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke, Kamara, Dalvin Cooks, Um, I definitely think that um, they're not in a – first round tier but I think they're in a second round tier where you can get them in the back of the maybe you know early back second mid second round and they should be able to produce some uh, RB1 number games don't expect it every game because uh, I think game flow and their teams are going to have a lot to do with it they may have some weeks where they give you uh, you know 10 maybe less than 10 points um, but I think that uh, for the most part Um, If you don't uh, get a chance to grab one of those top four or top five RBs, getting somebody like a Miles Sanders, a a Nick Chubb, getting someone like a Joe Mixon, a Jacobs, um, you just can't miss on those guys. So um, go ahead and uh, feel free, confident, drafting those guys Um, in PPR. um, Austin Eckler, um, he's going to be teeter-totter up there in the second round, depending on who you talk to. I think that uh, he'll be able to make some noise in PPR. One guy that I'm higher on than a lot of people is James White. I think that he's going to be the steady piece in the uh, the Pat's backfield. Uh, we've heard some things that Sonny Michelle might be available, might not be available. Uh, we heard uh, Twitter explode when Damian Harris was going to get a shot. Um, but I think at the end of the day, James White, um, if you look at um, some of the reports coming out, some of the, The videos that James White has been been the consistent, you know, the feel-good spot for that team. Um, So, in PPR, I think that you should uh, target him later on in rounds. Another guy that I think that is going to do some things that, um, you know, probably right on par is is a David Johnson. I think that uh, David Johnson is going to get an opportunity to be featured. Uh, You talked about how you're higher on him. I'm not sure if I'd put him in the second round, but I'd definitely consider him in the uh, third or fourth um, if you, in PPR leagues. Um, I think that he's going to, early and often, early in the season, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be able to uh, show why um, they traded for him. And um, I think he just needed the opportunity. Uh, he, they lost faith in him in, uh, down in, in Arizona. And now you got somebody behind him. You got a young quarterback that's gonna need to lean on a veteran presence. Um Gurley, um, I I don't see him a reason why he can't uh produce RB1 numbers some weeks, but uh, I definitely see uh where they'll be pass heavy a lot of a lot of games. So that's my only scare for him. What were you gonna say?
0: Oh no, no, no. Um I mean I agree with I agree with all of that. I think um I think David Johnson, I, I, right where you slotted him, that's about where I have him. I do have him inside okay. my top 10, but I, I have running backs like, or I have him just outside my top 10, but I have running backs like, obviously, uh, Josh Jacobs and Mixon right up there. Um, and I think right around the third round, end of the second, beginning of the third round, is kind of where I have David Johnson um, slotted in there. And and you talked about like the veteran guys that that are in deals or prove proven years and Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley. And I think all of them, are going to be given that opportunity to prove it. I think they're all going to be feature guys. Um, no more talking about it; just get it done, and we'll see if they can take that take that next step. Fournette being on a contract year, I think, is big. I like that. Uh, we didn't really talk about Kenyon Drake, but I think Kenyon Drake fits in there somewhere around like RB twelve thirteen. I think he's a guy that's yeah yeah produce. Um, and like- then
1: there's the 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 uh, young young guy like uh, uh, Swift. Uh, I know we talked about CEH, um, Dobbins, you know, I, I think that some of these acres, some of these young guys are going to be which one is going to is going to uh, shake out to be that guy that wins your league.
0: Right, right. Absolutely. And and there's always a guy right, especially lately, we've seen rookie running backs come in and and make impact. And I think um, as we kind of get into the season, we'll talk more about the, you know, our guys that we see as sleepers, the Antonio Gibsons of the world, the the um, Keyshawn Vaughns, things like that. Um, I kind of want to focus on. Hey, man! A lot of people are getting ready to start drafting. We're two weeks away from draft. Who Who are guys that that should be targeted? And you you mentioned it, Nick Nick Chubb. Um, you kept this year the Miles Sanders of the world, the Mixins and the Jacobs. Go get those guys in the second round. Go get those guys at the end of the first round because um, they're going to be. Those are guys that aren't really splitting carries. They're guys that are are going to be featured and and they they could possibly win you leagues. Um, moving on to the to the wide receiver position um let's just do we're going to do pass catchers all together we're going to do wide receivers tight ends together just because sure. 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 tight ends we all know the tight end position is not very deep uh once you get past the main guys you're you're fighting for trying to find guys um you know just a just a plug and play every week so pass catchers um I, I'm, there's not there's not too many surprises here i think i think i'm pretty i'm pretty sold on the fact that by far the deepest position is wide receiver um a lot of talent you can find guys late in drafts they're going to produce um, some of your favorite names. I know you like a Darius Slayton guys like that. Um, but a couple of guys stand out to me that I think DK Metcalf is extremely high this year for me. I think they have them. Most people have them somewhere in between 20 and 30. I have them a little bit lower just because again, I don't think the volume is going to be there. The inconsistencies. I, I'm, I'm still waiting for Lockett to be gone be, before he's um, takes the next step for me. Uh, but Two guys I really think take jump up this year. I'm going to give it another shot. And this is the, I think Odell Beckham has a good year. Um, I know in, you talked about redemption. I, I, just, I just think with the addition of Austin Hooper, with the two running backs they have, with, you know, they've beefed up the offensive line, with Jarvis Landry, I, I just I don't see how his talent doesn't stand out. Um, so I have him back into my top 10 this year, um, even though it, I was reluctant. And then the other guy I want to talk about is a a wide receiver from Pittsburgh and his name is not Juju. Um, you know, people still are high on Juju and I'm not, I think Deontay. I think Deontay Johnson is the number one receiver in Pittsburgh. And I'll tell you why.
1: You heard it. You heard it from Aaron Mukes.
0: Hey, I'm telling you right now, he will be, he will lead Pittsburgh in receptions. He will lead Pittsburgh in yards and I don't know hot if it's... take alert, hot take alert, hot I'm, take alert, dance, I'm, hot take alert, dance. I'm, I'm telling you, brother, I, this, this dude is special. And he was doing it last year with Mason Rudolph, and I don't even know the other guy's name. That's how bad it is. But with Big Ben back, if he can stay healthy, I really, really like Deontay Johnson. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is still going to draw the attention of defenses because of the name and the year he had when Antonio Brown was there. But Deontay Johnson, I believe can get into my top 15. I'm not going to put him in my top 10 just because that's way too high. I don't think any Pittsburgh receivers in the top 10 this year, but inside my top 15, I have them right at 15. So I think, I think that's going to be my, my, the one guy, I think people should target, especially because I think you can get him later. Um, not at top 15 value. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from a tight end perspective, I'll just throw my pass catchers in it from a tight end perspective. Love Noah Fant. I like him a lot. If he can stay healthy, he sends the, be on and off the field at times. And then um, I really, really like, I I don't want to say I really like him this year, but I I think he can have an impact and that's Jack Doyle just because I know how much Phillip Rivers loves to throw to tight ends. So I like Jack Doyle a lot. Um, He's been a good tight end over the course of the last couple of years. And then I do like your sleeper of Johnny Smith. I think he's athletic. I think Tannehill will use him. And I think they're finally going to actually get him involved in the offense well, you know, now that Delaney Walker's completely out of the picture. So uh, those are a couple yeah, of pass no, catchers I are like.
1: Yeah, man, I, I'll start with the the quick – my quick hitter tight ends outside of the the big five, you know, or the big three, big two, essentially the elite tight ends. We all know George Kittle and uh, Travis Kelce are the, the, the ones that you want to get early on. But we'll, I'll go ahead and name – if you didn't get those ones, um, I'm honestly going to go for some guys like uh, – Hayden Hurst, John U. Smith, and Tyler Higbee. And the reason why I like those guys are is because, um, you know, their situations got better this year. They got another year under their, their belt. Um, Higbee, uh, there's no Brandon Cooks, and he was utilized a lot towards the end of the season. Um, John U. Smith, no Delaney Walker this year. And Hayden Hurst, Austin Hooper just exited about 100 targets. And Hayden Hurst, you know he's he's got sure hands. He was a former a former first round pick. Um, he's third year, third or fourth year into the third year and thinking to the league, and um, I think he he has a shot to uh, prove that uh, what the Falcons thought is that you could plug a tight end to there, and with uh, Calvin Ridley and uh, Julio Jones on the outside, someone's going to make those tight end catches. Um, in terms of wider receivers, I know we all talk about the DeAndre Hopkins, the Devonte Adams, the, the Julio Jones the Michael Thomas is, but some of the guys that I'm uh, higher on in terms of that are lower into the uh, standings is, you know, a guy like Bob Woods, Robert Woods, who, um, who's made some big plays when he's called upon. Um, He's, he also gets some of those jet sweeps. Um, I would be talking about a Debo Samuel if he was healthy, because uh, I think that he makes a big leap. Um, Also, um, you know, of course, there's going to be guys like uh, uh, that smash their ADP. Um, and who who's that guy? Who's it going to be? Is it going to be a Deontay Johnson? Um, another guy over there whose name has made some noise, and I think they put, made a second round pick on him is Claypool. So uh, we'll see what what he can do. Um, but in terms of like lower ADPs that i guys that I'm targeting, um, I definitely think that uh you know. Diggs has lost a lot of steam and i think that he's lower on a lot of people's draft boards so um he's back-to-back thousand yard seasons he's a clear-cut number one i think that he's getting more volume this year love digs and in buffalo past.
0: love digs in buffalo i think that he's he, gonna he's, be a he's gonna be he's gonna be nice there and i think you're right i think people are dropping him on their draft boards and i think that's a that's a nice target to to try to get later in yeah
1: at the adp you know and uh i think again uh, people are scared uh, that Tom Brady can't throw anymore. And uh, Mike Evans' ADP has dropped significantly. Um, I think that he's somebody that he's shown nothing but the ability to compete at a high level. He's had 1,000 yards every year. I think with Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady's going to get on the ball. Obviously, Godwin is a little bit more, um, you know, ideal in terms of a slot wide receiver and outside. But I think that they'll both have enough yardage to – to um, you know, to show that hey, you know, I spent my draft capital and I got what I needed. So um, you know, of course, uh, DJ Moore, uh, one of those guys who I think uh, continues to uh, arise as a solid fantasy uh, wide receiver. Um, you know, I'm a little bit timid on um, uh, picking up a uh, a guy like who who shot up the uh, tight end ranks like Gasecki. I think with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he did a lot of numbers. We'll see what he can do with Tua. We'll see what he can do. I think that he continues to rise, but um, I'm a little bit timid on Gusecki's ADP. as He's gone up the draft boards a lot, so I don't think he's any longer a sleeper. Um, I think that Mark Andrews, uh, another tight end, who I think you're a big fan of as well, um, is going to be able to uh, keep that connection with Lamar Jackson. Um, I also think that Hollywood Brown is, you know, he didn't get a chance to play as much as he wanted to last year. I think he's going to do some numbers this year. Uh, does he make a thousand yards? I don't know, but I think he'll make some big
0: plays week to week. And if you play him against the right team, he may win you a week. So it's the, the Hollywood Brown conversation to me, reminds me a lot of the Deshaun Jackson conversation. Um, Deshaun Jackson. oh you know,
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: He, he plays a lot like Deshaun where he's going to have those games where he's going to go for 180 and two touchdowns. Uh, but you're going to have to also endure those weeks where he might have three catches for 20 yards or whatever it is or nothing. Um, we did
1: an article on that. Remember last year?
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, we we, we did.
1: Jackson five.
0: Yes, sir. We did. The, the emergence of the small receiver is back when you talk about Tyreek Hill and Henry Ruggs can be added to that list coming up. So um, man, a lot of good shit today. A lot of good stuff. We touched on a number of topics. Um, obviously this is our first fantasy football show. We got a lot more coming to you. We could talk about um, rookies as they as they go through the season. We're going to talk about a lot more rookies. A lot of these teams, as these position battles are going to shake out, we're going to get into all of that. Um, again, shout out to my boy David Gonzalez. You see the title butt on his shoulder. Listen to what he's saying, man. It's uh, he's definitely going to give you some good content to win you some leagues. As we get closer to the season, we will have one more episode, one or two more episodes before the season starts where we will get in heavy into some mock draft stuff, stuff like that. Um, We'll talk a little bit about defenses and kickers, but let's be real. You're not winning your league because of a defense and kicker. Uh, Follow my boy, David on Twitter. It's at sack fantasy experts with the X. Um, Again, good, good content. He's producing out there. And then uh, he'll be back on the show a number of times. So
1: follow us sideline to sideline
0: podcast. It's at S2 podcast, Uh, download, share um again we we appreciate you guys listening um david what do you got send us away brother you know man i just want to say uh it's going to be a, a a bumpy ride this fantasy
1: season but keep following along our journey we're going to keep dropping gems to you guys and if anything we we might make you guys laugh a few times when we disagree so uh <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm enjoying this and uh we look forward to get some more content to you guys man SAC experts on twitter um Feel free to send in any questions. I'll answer them on here and uh, we'll go from there, fellas. Good yes, luck. sir.
0: Yes, sir. Follow the show on IG sideline to sideline underscore podcast. And then again, man, just, just download and share. Uh, we're just trying to bring content. We're from, you know, from Cali Sacramento. So all these local cats that are listening, we appreciate you. And until next yeah. week, feel we free out. to debate us too. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, shows will go live. Shows will go live soon. So, uh Can't wait to get the interaction going Uh, again. Thank you everybody for listening and we out.